If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. Light blue, that sky blue, sky, sky. I always grew up thinking this was like Carolina blue, which is a color, but a color that came after Columbia blue, which is a different color, but I can't lie, Carolina blue looked better. <laughs> you ever see Columbia blue really up close? You'd be like, damn, can you add a little more blue to it? Uh, it's kind of whitewashed. All love, man. Got love for you guys, and thank you back. For all the love. But you know how we start off every show. What's up with that dude? Well, first you got to show some love to the Friday Swag Away winner. Whoever you are, one of you members out there, make sure that you are a Wally's World member on YouTube. But also, you can join the foundation, right? ProjectTransition.org. Get involved, man. Support the community. Support the kids as we discover and develop the inner power within and amplify it. Help everybody out and overcome their circumstances. We got stuff like this in there. Just, just a little tidbit. Just, just could be yours. Tag it up. I played for the Pirates, didn't I? Aye, aye, Captain. All right, y'all. Let me tell y'all what I've been up to. Um, yesterday I had a good meeting, man. We got a potential partnership in the athlete space plugged into my foundation that's going to help with financial literacy and more importantly, capital access. Uh, what do they always tell somebody who wants to start a business or an investment? Um, you know, you should start a business, but never start a business with your own money, right? You use other people's money, you leverage debt. That's something that a lot of people don't know and how to do. I can't say I'm an expert on it, but I do know there is not a negative connotation with debt. Give you an example. This is a beautiful room inside of a beautiful home. I didn't pay all cash for. <laughs> Why? Because I'm managing debt, which is called a mortgage. Oh, oh, okay. 
Here's another one. You got a car, you got a car payment, you're managing debt. Oh, here's another one. You got a credit card. Uh, have you paid it in full on balance? Maybe if you got an Amex, you did, you better. <laughs> Other than that, if you have it, you're managing debt. That's what it is. So trying to do this and help people out in terms of managing their debt. Other than that, y'all know what it is. It's all love around these parts. It may be an itty bitty coming in here because they are still home on vacation. It's crazy. Them public schools be in. <laughs> they start early. They be like, man, I don't know why, because we paying and we starting late. We need to start early. Get a head start on this education. All right, y'all, let's talk about some sports because Pete Carroll can't talk about anything right now. I don't know why. Maybe because it's preseason. Maybe because he don't think much of his Seahawks. Let me stop. But he wanted to revisit. Y'all know what? The fury that his team had for him when he called that pass on 4th and 1 in Super Bowl 49. And I thought this was interesting. One, because I never heard Pete Carroll talk about it. Maybe that's on me for not watching every single interview of Pete Carroll's. But this is the first time I heard him talk about it in depth. So let's talk about it. And guess who he talked about it with? Richard Sherman on Sherman Sherman Sherman's podcast to discuss that infamous moment in NFL history. Be real. Golly, that's bad. I lost the Music City Miracle, but even that ain't as bad as losing a Super Bowl and in the way that they lost that Super Bowl. So if you recall, a pass away from winning two straight Super Bowls, those Seahawks were dynasty. Instead, it just died nasty. <laughs> that's one of my old ones. I used to always say, is it a dynasty or did they just die nasty? Like, damn it. All right, so that's what happened. They lost to the Patriots. Malcolm Butler became a superstar overnight for that one play picking the ball off. And Richard Sherman was still obviously shocked even during this interview. But y'all remember in the moment where Richard Sherman was like, oh, like, oh, like his soul was snatched from him. He was like, oh. I remember him on the sideline. I was like, damn, I know that hurt, even though I ain't never been in that situation. Now, there was a lot of controversy in the moment. Why is Russell Wilson throwing a fourth and one right here when you got Marshawn Lynch, Lynch mob, Lynch mob right there, hand him the ball, let him pound it in, right? They were saying, oh, it's because Russell is the future of the franchise. He's a quarterback. He's the teacher's pet. We love him. And Marshawn, oh, he too hyphy. We don't want him leading. We don't want him to be the face of this Super Bowl win. I didn't never, I never gave that much credence, but it was a conversation that was out there. So Sherman and Carol talked about it. It's totally cool, totally behind them, even though you know there's still probably some pain suppressed in there. Had a good conversation about it. Let's talk about it. And this is Pete Carroll talking about his players' feelings. He said, you guys were so mad at me and so pissed. Now he was saying it kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of joking with him. We were hurt, Richard Sherman said. He was like, I wish I could feel it the way I should feel it. But you know what? That play just happened. Pete Carroll put a stamp on it right there and said, you got to keep going. Ah, mm, mm, mm. Pete Carroll sound a lot like me. And I'm going to tell y'all why at the end of this. So on the situation, they talked about how you guys couldn't hear it for years. But when we got down there, if you remember, we had one timeout. And so as soon as we got there, I said, one of these plays, we're going to have to throw it to get all four plays because I'm always in. He's basically talking about the time and the clock management. Make sure that we have a chance to get all four shots. So we won the first play. And I think what happened is Bill Belichick is late. He sends in the goal line and we already had sent in 11. 
That went through the play callers. That's what led them to throw it on that down. It had nothing to do with anything else. Basically, what he's saying is we got four downs. We got a timeout. We down there. Okay, this is what we got to do. We got to throw it once just to stop the clock, potentially, you know? So he's thinking that one of these four, and I've been there before. You've been there before. You got to know how to manage the situation. All right, we got to throw it one time because we ain't going to be able to run it four times with the time. And then you're like, all right, which one do we pass it? And then you think maybe the universe is helping us out, conspiring for a win because they sent in their goal line and we do have to throw it once. Why not throw it against the goal line package? Now that makes sense on paper beyond. I don't care where you are. You're like, yo, they got in the facts, the heavies. Y'all ever seen the goal line package? It's like three offensive guards. They made D tackles. Then they got the two D tackles. Then they got the two D ends and there's some backup guard. They're going to get him to right? It's just heavies out there. So you're like, yeah, they expecting this run. All we got to do is drop back quick one. You think that on paper, obviously situations dictate terms. So he said, look, we practiced it a million times. It was just the way we had prepared. So I was rock solid on the philosophy of it. It was just the worst play that could ever happen. It was the play of a lifetime, the play of a career for everybody's career, really. And it turned out all of that so dark, so instantly. And that's what's so beautiful about sports. Not so beautiful in life, but in sports, it's beautiful because it's not life and death. But in sports, you could be up here and you could be down here. Don't believe me? A boxer who's winning the first four rounds pop, 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 drops that to get to to throw that hook or try to throw that uppercut. <laughs> Slap. Night, night. <laughs> Just like that, right? You can see it in any sport. You up big. Oh, no, we thought you were going to win like a game like this. So he said one more thing. If you remember, my moment was I've been down and think, oh, shit, I got to take this. I thought this is one of the moments that you prepare for. You got to be the epitome of poise, handle it and own it. There's nothing you can say that's going to put it in any other place. It was just as catastrophic as any moment could be. But the thing was, had we won that game, we had won again the next year. We'd have won again because we went back to the playoffs anyway, again, with all that turmoil. It was a great team, man. We were a great team. I love this story because, one, it's a little more in-depth than normal, right? I know it's old as hell, but still, it's still preseason football. I'm not about to cover the preseason games. Okay, Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback in Tampa. You happy now? You want a cookie? All right, man, but let's talk about when them coaches call the wrong play. And it's so crazy when they do that because this one was obvious to everyone. Oh, you called the wrong play. Even though it was the right play on paper. Goal line, uh, right down there, quick pass. How many times you seen that? Tight end Gronkowski or something. He going against the goal line package, you know? You go back to all those big plays by those tight ends. Mark Andrews right here. You're like, ah, that's against a heavy package a lot of times. So not the wrong play, but we said, coach, that's the wrong play because we don't like that result. That's the wrong result. So. How many times has that happened to me? My God, you're sitting there and coach is like, hey, hey, stunt right, stunt right. And you're like, we got a little more complex terminology than that, but still, stunt right, stunt right. And you're like, okay, I'm going to stunt right. I'm about to stunt right and then tackle Barry Sanders for a loss in the backfield. Yeah, that's what's about to happen, right, coach? Okay, stunt right. And you know, you got to play it off. You got to be an actor. And then he do it and you do your stunt. And then here go Barry. He said, oh, you stunting. Watch me stunt. <laughs> he bounced out. Touchdown. And you know what the announcers say? Oh, my God. Barry Sanders is a loser player. Oh, he gets around while they all touchdown. And then they replay it. And then they show me going in. 
And guess what they would say? You know, somebody like Pat Summerall, respect, you know, all the great ones out there. They'd be like, oh, look at this play right here. And here goes John Madden. Look at Wiley. Where's he going? He's going and losing contain. Losing contain. Losing contain. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't lose contain. My coach told me to go inside. <laughs> and Barry went outside. It's not my fault. But that happens all the time, y'all. And it's crazy because in those moments, it's like really loud in terms of the criticism on Sunday. And hella quiet on that, my bad, Wiley. I shouldn't have called that stunt from coach on Monday. <laughs> the apology kind of quiet. <laughs> but that criticism, loud as hell, you be sitting there like, oh, it's all good, it's all good. I hate it when they say it, it's all good. When they started doing that, or oh, my bad, you know what I'm saying? Oh, just say I'm sorry and apologize and write a headline in the paper. Like, I want it big and bold. So that happens a lot in sports. Happens a lot in life as well, right? And then another thing I thought that it was interesting, that Pete Carroll, how fast he owned that moment. And it made me think about some of the things that I go through, like how fast sometimes I own a moment instead of, like, really going through the emotional roller coaster of that moment. Now I'll be like, oh, you ain't gonna change it. So hey, accept it. Now let's move on. But sometimes that could feel too fast, right? Like Pete Carroll squatted to his knees was like, damn it. Compete, compete. You know, you always saying that compete because Pete is in that compete, 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 compete. Nah, own it. All right. He got up and he just like, hey, made a mistake or no, actually, I didn't even make a mistake. Hey, don't like the results. Good call. Sorry. Any questions? People are like, Wait a minute. <laughs> you okay? So this is interesting. It could be ownership, right? Like ownership of the moment, or it can also be a little emotional distance. And sometimes I think I got that childhood trigger, childhood issue. Because I was a kid that emotionally when I was young, I was like, why y'all adults don't care how I feel? Y'all just care what I'm doing. Y'all just care what I'm achieving. Y'all, do y'all really care how hard this is, how hard it is to practice after school and then come home and do your homework and get A's and be the MVP. I was like, do y'all know how hard it is? And they're like, don't care. <laughs> and I was like, what? So sometimes it could be ownership. Sometimes it'd be just, you're owning it by being distant from it. You ain't even feeling it. And I give you an example. It happened to me yesterday. I still got that trigger, y'all. It was me and MJ. Now I got this thing where I'm throwing them in the pool of late. I've done it twice. Throw them in the pool. Clothes on, everything. He got on a whole tough skin outfit, right? Cross cords, all that. Cortez is on. Looking, I don't care. Looking like young Ice Cube. I'm throwing them in the pool, right? <laughs> Why am I doing it? Just because I'm a big kid like him. But also to show him that there's other levels of power out there. So he... He the big dog in the house right now. His two little sisters, good luck, itty bitties. He be throwing forearms all through this house, right? So every now and then I pick him up, be like, oh, you ain't going nowhere. He be like, ah, and you can see him going through it. I threw him in the pool yesterday. I messed up. I didn't throw him in the pool normal way like this. I usually grab the shoulders. Yeah, pow. I threw him sideways. He did a backflop. It sounded like this, y'all. <laughs> I was like, ah, damn it. And then he was like, ah, oh, he got out the pool crying, but his cry wasn't real. His cry was the fact that he got overpowered again. He don't like that. His cry wasn't so much from the physical impact. It's just like, Daddy, stop throwing me in the pool. Even though I know deep down he loves it. It's just the fact that he ain't the winner right now. He ain't the big dog like he want to be. And I sat there with that distance. And I was like, don't be who you are. Don't be what it was like to you. Like, he still go to him, right? And I was sitting there like, damn, I'm having a conversation about me when I was eight versus him right now, eight with a backflop. <laughs> and I went to him. Point being that sometimes you could own a moment. I could be like, hey, toughen up, boy. You all right? You ain't hurt. 
oh, stop tripping. You just know that uh, you don't want to get thrown in the pool because I'm bigger and stronger than you. You know, I could have did that on it. True. Or I could be like, I hear you. I feel you. And that's what Pete Carroll did eight years later. <laughs> he actually went there. So respect to Pete Carroll on this situation. All right. So after hearing Pete Carroll's context of the situation, did that change your opinion of that play? Want to know that in the comments, right? And was the loss simply just because, hey, they get paid too. Malcolm Butler did a hell of a job, an unbelievable job on that play. And what if the Seahawks did win that game? Hmm. You think they would have won the Super Bowl again the next year? Ah, now we're going too far in the weeds. Forget all that. Just let me know what y'all think of the play and has your opinion changed of it. Love for you guys who are Wiley's World members on YouTube and the Friday Swag Away. Always sending these books out. Just sent out another shipment of them yesterday. Saw that go down. But we also got some love by supporting the foundation, projecttransition.org. We got game tickets, concert tickets, VIP experiences. You can go on a yacht. You can go to a game with me. Oh, my God. We're going to hydrate if we go to a game. Win jerseys like this. So go to projecttransition.org. Hey, enter the sweepstakes. Drop a donation that recurs. I don't care how much it is. It could be a penny if they allow you to do it, as long as you do it to support the community. All right, y'all. Let's talk about somebody I need to support right now. My homeboy, Reggie Bush. He didn't text me and tell me he's going to be late to practice because he's suing the NCAA. <laughs> we do got practice coming up soon. All right. So let's talk about this. And the lawsuit is based on the NCAA maliciously attacking his character through a completely false and highly offensive statement that was widely reported in the media and substantially and irreparably damaged his reputation. All right. That's from him and his lawyer and his law firm. And I'm just so glad I said irreparably the right way. <laughs> I was, <laughs> had that word in my head for 17 minutes, y'all. Can't lie to y'all. I was going to say irreparably, but I got it out. All right. So the NCAA statement in question was issued to ESPN along with other media outlets. And here's the statement. It happened on July 28th, 2021. I know. We're going to talk about that too. What's today and date? Okay, Reggie. A couple years later, let's talk why. All right, so in response to an inquiry about the possibility of Bush having his records and participation restored in light of changes to the NIL rules that went into effect earlier that month. We still talking two years ago, y'all. All right, here's what they say. Although college athletes can now receive benefits from their names, images, and likenesses through activities like endorsements and appearances, NCAA rules still do not permit pay for play type arrangements. That's what the spokesperson said. The NCAA infractions process exists to promote fairness in college sports. Boring, lying. The rules that govern fair play are voted on, agreed to, and expected to be upheld by all NCAA member schools. If there's one thing in this country that unifies us all, it's bashing the NCAA, right? <laughs> I swear, you want to get a hundred on the approval rating? Talk bad about the NCAA. Man, God dang. And it's so crazy. My God mom, she works on a couple of the committees for them. And I'll be like, sorry, God mom, I can't protect you either. <laughs> they be coming at y'all heads. All right. So this all had to do with Reggie Bush's attempt to have his 2005 Heisman Trophy reinstated. Bush forfeited the trophy in 2010 after a four-year extra benefits investigation determined that he, family members, while he was a student athlete, accepted cash, travel expenses, and a home in the San Diego area where Bush's parents lived rent-free for more than a year 
and for which they were provided $10,000 to furnish. Sent them suckers to Ikea. <laughs> How you gonna give me a free house and then send me the, t- that's a whole big ass house, 10K, what up, one couch and, and half oven? <laughs> Let me stop. Back then, that was a lot more money, but boy, t- I don't know, I don't know. He didn't say no apartment, he didn't say no dorm, he said 10K, and you Reggie Bush, and you got a nice house? What the heck? Let me stop. All right, so here we go. Ah, we're going to get into the thick of this one. It's going to get really interesting, y'all, because y'all know me. I love to talk that talk. So here's the Heisman Trophy Trust that maintained that Bush's 2005 season was vacated by the NCAA. Not eligible to win, right? So however, the NCAA were to officially restore his records, it is expected that Bush's trophy would be returned. I didn't know why he gave it up in the first place, but I wasn't talking to him in depth about that. But I was like, why he give it back? Maybe it was a lot of pressure around him. Maybe I should just ask him, right? See him at practice the next time and ask him. So the NCAA statement is completely false and highly offensive. The NCAA knew Mr. Bush was never even accused of, involved in, much less sanctioned for any pay-for-play arrangement, right? That came from his lawyer again. All right. And then USC finally did the right thing in my eyes and ended the disassociation in 2020. Okay, the crux of this conversation is, drums, did he or did he not participate in a pay-for-play type arrangement? Now, according to Reggie Bush and his side and his lawyers, dog, y'all ain't even bring us up on pay-for-play charges. Y'all brought us up on like the on NIL umbrella of charges. And here's the thing. From afar, from where I am, and I'm not reading through 147 pages of manuscript, but from where I'm from, Reggie Bush wasn't in no pay for play. He was in a different type of arrangement, right? He was into a, an advancement so that you can sign with someone else. Sounds like an artist. Sounds like a musician, right? Here you go. Here's your advance. You, go, you know them albums coming over here, right? <laughs> here you go, Reggie. Here's your advance. You know, when you get your deal and your marketing, et cetera, in the NFL, we right here. That's how that go. That is not pay for play. Pay for play is when you say, hey, here's some money. Now go out there and do what you do. And maybe I have even some influence on what you're doing. That's a whole different animal. So I think just if you're going to have to make it bold and clear, he was never brought up on those charges because he was never, ever thought of to be in a pay-for-play scheme. So now, NCAA, why would you want to run it back and act like he is? That's a whole different world. Plus, come on, enough is enough. Time served. <laughs> like, y'all trying to hold this man down for what? To say that we were in the right then? Now, he did violate. He did do a violation. I get it, I get it. And that violation is not necessarily what you stated two years ago. He violated. And that's a violation in itself as well. Okay. You know me. I always look at both sides. I think it's interesting timing, though. You wait two years if you're Reggie Bush. Maybe you're getting your paperwork in order or whatever. But now you're not on Fox. Now, two years later, you're going to bring this case back up. I wonder why. What triggers it, right? You had a bigger platform when you were at Fox but probably can't drop that in the middle of a halftime game of a college big game. <laughs> we got Texas, Texas Tech <laughs> over here like, by the way, I need my trophy back. But I have been seeing billboards all around Los Angeles. So this campaign, for some reason, is actually igniting again in terms of Reggie Bush getting everything that he's due. Or 
time served, correct? So I think the NCAA, if they're going to stand on the principle of just pay for play, uh, I think you need to go back to what you guys initially charged them with. And if you do that, then you're going to come to the quick realization, time served or enough is enough. If UFC, UFC, if USC can get over it, hell y'all tripping over it. The fact that Reggie Bush is now way gone out of your life, there's more you can benefit from bringing them back in in terms of the good graces than not. The whole landscape has changed. I think his punishment should have changed. The lifetime ban? Nah, y'all got to get with the times because the times right now would support what Reggie Bush did, and now y'all should support it as well. So do you think Reggie Bush is going to win his case? Oh, two-year later-ass case. <laughs> Or do you think Reggie Bush should have the Heisman Trophy returned and his records restored? I can't lie. And I hate to be this guy, but sometimes you can be like, yo, I was too harsh. I do it as a parent. You do it as a friend. Like, yo, I went in on them. I should know. <laughs> but you were right. But you still went in. And now it's time to be like, let it go. Let bygones be bygones. Feeling that love, Friday Swag Away, Wiley's YouTube membership. I see y'all out there getting it in. Gia, keep it going. Also, we got those sweepstakes on projecttransition.org. All I got to do is just hit the donate button or just go to the bottom, enter your email so I can know you're part of the team, and then you're going to be entered to win stuff like this. Two families already won four tickets to Chargers game. Yeah, they weren't going to go until they hooked up with the foundation. Who going to hook up with Mark Gastineau? Who going to let their hair down and get a sack? That's who I want to see over there. ProjectTransition.org. Donate and make sure it's a recurring donation. Even for a penny. I take a penny all the time. All right, let's talk about Shakari Richardson. Oh, yes. Don't call her the comeback. <laughs> she's been running for years and she's finally back. Oh, man. Winning her star-studded 100 meters at the Worlds. Yes, y'all know track and field is my heart. My favorite sport. And yes, I saw it. The reason I didn't do it yesterday because I didn't want to just talk about Shikari in terms of her winning 100. I wanted to talk grander about what she means to a lot of people. And that includes Americans. That includes young women. That includes young little black girls. That includes young little track girls. All the lanes they be trying to carve her up into. We're going to talk through that. All right. So Monday night, half a world away. Shikari, is that you? Oh my gosh, she won gold medal. And what's crazy about her winning the golds is that she qualified for the finals on time. Y'all don't know track like that? Basically, you want to win your heat or get the top two finish, basically, so that you're guaranteed to advance in the rounds. You never want to be this person. Well, actually, you don't want to be the person who got last. <laughs> but then you don't want to be also the person who is waiting because your time is close and you got third or fourth. You're like, oh, am I going to get in? And that's why she was way out in lane nine, right? So that's what happened. Now, she gets in that race. Blah, blah, two. See it? Ah, and she won 10-6-5. Good list. And not only was that a world championship record, tied for the best time in the world this year. She's number one in worlds, and she just won the world championship. Yes, Shikari's back, y'all. It's just that simple in track. Like, all we got is the Olympics every four years. Everything else is just world championships. <laughs> you better show some respect to these invitationals. Shikari Richardson beat Shelly Ann Fra uh, Fraser Price, and she beat Sharika Jackson, five-time world champion Shelly Ann. Let me put some respect on her name. So she says this, and this is what I love about her, and this is why we're going to go in on this. I'm not back. I'm better. Okay. She's been saying that mantra for a while and I'm listening and now I'm seeing that they are matched together 
respect to her. Okay, so she soaked it all in, surrounded herself with supporters, and tried to drown out the rest. That was her process from when she was down and out to rising back to the top. She said, I would say never give up. Never allow media, never allow outsiders, never allow anything but yourself and your faith to find who you are. I would say always fight no matter what. Fight. Okay. Now, what was she fighting? And why was she fighting? Well, she was up there in Eugene, Oregon, somewhere I've run before, been on that track many a times. And it was her role to the Tokyo Olympics, Tokyo Games. But then she tested positive for marijuana. Remember that, right? And then it became a litmus test. It became more than just you tested positive marijuana, you can't run in a race. A lot of issues came out of that race, fairness. And then also we were talking about the rule book. We were talking about is this legal or not and what should be the punishment of it. And a lot of conversations on what's right and what's wrong. So she became the poster child for something much bigger than somebody who just failed a marijuana test. Let's be real about it, okay? So then that debate went on and on and on. Marijuana is not a performance enhancer. Oh, well, if it's not, why is she taking it? You know what I mean? You had those kind of debates. And it's still on the ban list. It's still there, y'all. So then it was like, well, y'all just mad because uh, she young and she outspoken and she black and she American. You know, like even Americans was like looking at the world trying to clown. And then within America, we was like, oh, y'all just mad because she young and black and she just don't give a damn, right? All that stuff. So we talked through that as well. Now, after her test and then the death of her mother, remember it was due to the recent death of her mother, she said is why she was doing marijuana coping mechanism. She said she was in no man's land, both on the track and off the track. Okay. So now let's kind of get to the meat of this situation of why people really went there on her. First of all, let me just say clearly, congratulations on her redemption story. Seriously, because I was critical of her because one, don't be messing with my sport. <laughs> now let me stop. You know, I got levity all the time. Seriously, nothing's worse than wasted. You can say talent, you can say potential, whatever it is. Nothing's worse than wasted. You know what? I take somebody who's bad. You bad. I look at little Timmy dog. It ain't going to work, Timmy. You got two left ankles and it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work, bro. But it's okay. Keep participating. Learn the life lessons through sport. Ain't no way it's going to work, dog. I got kids on my team, literally, that don't even know how to run. Seriously. Like when they run their fastest, it's like, it's like that. For real. I'm not even clowning. And I don't laugh at them. I don't clown them in my head. I'm like, you're bad. You, you know, you won't get the ball. You're, you're blocking. Okay. You're a distraction. We're going to teach you in other ways. Cause I don't want to discourage you. I give them the ball. All them kids that run like this going to go, give me that flag and slam it down. And he's going to be like, I can't run. And I'm like, I don't want to reinforce that. So I don't reinforce the negativity, but that's just bad. What's worse is wasted. Somebody who performs like him every time I give him the ball and I know he good, but he just getting caught up. He ain't paying attention. He don't know the place. He's worse than that. Nothing's worse than wasted. Somebody who could be much better. And look at this dude down there with people that I know should be down there, frankly, to be real. Okay, so that's where Shikari went with me. Knowing how damn good she was. Shikari, you're not going to the Olympics because of a failed drug test. Not the smartest thing to do. Dumb as hell. But hey, I mean, why is it dumb? I tell It's dumb because you only got four years. You got to wait four years for 10 and a half seconds 
to get glory, to set yourself up in life. That's what you're working out for. That's what you are doing all this and gearing up for. Four years. And then in this moment, that's what happened. That's fine. You can say it's a coping mechanism for a mom. I will found other ways to cope. I lost my mom, too, if y'all want to understand me. So anyway, forget that. Then you come back and you lose. Not only lose, you get last place. And nothing's worse than wasted, except maybe, you know what's battling what's worse than wasted? A loud loser. <laughs> yes. You ever been with somebody who lost and they won't shut up? You're like, dog, I don't give a damn what you used to do. Shut your ass up. And that's where Shikari found herself. Now, I understand a lot of things got conflated because she had the nails. She had the hair. She had the clothes. She had the makeup. And everybody, she's black. And, oh, she's loud. Everybody was going all them other places, getting distracted. But y'all forgot for real what this was about. It was never about no weed conversation like that. A weed conversation is, it happens in track a lot, all the time. Guess what happens? Suspended for six months. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> y'all don't even care about track. Why did this blow up? Because y'all cared about more than that. It wasn't a weed conversation. It wasn't she's a loud black woman conversation. In your face black woman conversation. Nope, nope, nope. It was a conversation of values. And we saw our values go in conflict with each other. Let's talk through that. An Olympian. Potential Olympian. That's representing what? This country. American values. Let's talk about those. Ah, these kids like Shikari, they got it messed up. Why? Because they listen to the Migos faithfully, literally. I love the Migos. I feel like I discovered the Migos. They used to be on Sports Nation with us before they even blew up. I used to hang out with Migos. For real. And I love their first album. I love all, but that first one was insane. Still could put that on Chinatown right now. But they messed it up. They said, walk it like you're talking. Really? So all I got to do is talk and then walk like that? Nah, 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 not here. <laughs> not in America. Not the way we are born and raised out here. You know what it is really supposed to say? Talk it like you walk it. If the base is you did it, say what you want. America don't give a damn. Don't believe me? Oh, okay. Here's America in success. America will let you do whatever you want to do if you're successful. Go ahead. You don't believe me? They can have walls up. We do not want anything else but what we want. And then here comes a black golfer. <laughs> oh, we love you, Tiger. <laughs> right, right. Here comes a white basketball player. Oh, we love you, Dirk, and all them. <laughs> Lucas and all them. And then a, a reality star becomes a president. Because America in success be like, let them go. <laughs> Who give a damn? <laughs> right? I'm going to give you all the best example last. But in failure, America, America be like, in controversy and in failure, America will go like this. Our value system goes like this. Excuse me? What'd you do? What'd you say? And that's exactly what happened to Shakara. She got caught up in that because she failed. And then she became controversial, right? So America be like, tighten up. Do it the right way if it's not successful. And we know what the right way is. Boring, tried and true, boring, but it's successful, right? We know all the values and attributes of that. So here's the thing. I'm going to bring it all home with y'all because I know it's still some people out there. For whatever reason, it's just the best thing for them to say. It was this, this, and this. It was black, her hair, her makeup, her voice, her, her mouth. They want to go there. They want to stop there, but they don't want to go to the base of this, the foundation. Let me take you to the foundation of this. 
And I give you the best example in the world, Florence Gifford Joyner, right? All right, let's talk about Flojo. Flojo used to run forever and nobody really knew her unless you loved track because she was always hovering around third, fourth place, that world. You know, obviously win some, but most of the time when it got big time, nah, 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 nah. And then all of a sudden, whoa, what is going on? There was speculation of what helped her do that, rest in peace, but I ain't going there. But I am going to go here. She <laughs> 1049. <laughs> Yo, what just happened? Oh my God. Shikari just ran a 1065. To let you know the difference in that, that's like me racing Shikari right now. Nah, no, just kidding. She'll smoke me by the Two tenths of a second almost. I ain't in a hundred. That's that's this whole room plus some, y'all. It's a dust. So here's the thing. Flojo. When she was third and fourth place, eh, mild manner. Flojo start winning, nails, clothes, hair. I mean, she did it with elegance and class, but still, flamboyant as they come, flamboyant as Shikari, without all the wolf tickets. But guess what she had? And she could have woofed if she wanted to. Success. When you win, it's all good. When Shikari was at LSU doing all that, and girl, go ahead. It was quick. It was fast at LSU. Was go ahead. <laughs> we ain't tripping. <laughs> go get it right. It's all good. The same thing happened to Odell Beckham Jr. When Odell was out there, one hand catching with the Goldilocks and all that stuff. All right. Then also you kept getting hurt and getting into controversy with the Giants and the net and all this stuff. You got pizza and then you got flour by the pizza and that ain't really flour, is it? All of a sudden, you become more than what you are. Stop getting distracted by all the other things they try to make you focus on because you never fix the problem that way. They don't want you to fix the problem, really. I don't know. But why else would you distract these youngsters? So, stop listening to Migos fully. <laughs> Not really stop. No, seriously, talk it like you walk it. If you balling out of control, woof, woof, woof. If you ain't, don't be a loud loser. It ain't gonna work that way. Simple as that. So, I looked at that example and I was like, damn, all these people getting this wrong. Flojo Ben did this. In her own way, Flojo way. Shikari Ben did this too. And it worked until Shikari didn't work or didn't work as hard or didn't get the same results from her work. And then it all started to crumble down. Now you see Shikari symbolism looks different, doesn't she? Whatever you want to say, I ain't going to go into that conversation right now, but I'm going to get into this conversation. The hair ain't the same. Nails still the same. The, 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 the conversation ain't the same. You want to know why? Because attitude is altitude. Attitude is altitude. People gonna beat you up all the time when you say stuff like, man, won't you act right? Or act different? Or do that? Man, don't tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. There is a science to life. And those who don't wanna study and apply it really struggle in life. I know there's an art to life. We all know the art. I can be who I wanna be. Freedom, expression. But don't disrespect the science. You gotta put in that work. It gotta be first. And it shows itself in so many ways. Different displays, but so many ways. So that's why I was critical of her. Not just because, wow, I don't like Shikari, she too loud. Who cares? I'm louder than her. I didn't like that she wasted what she had. And now she realized it too. And she made some changes. And all I was trying to do was make sure she made those changes. Yoo-hoo! Somebody over here actually cares. Not only just about you, but that beautiful sport of track and field.
Thank you for taking care of my baby Shikari. Keep going, girl. All right, so what do you think of Richardson's comeback story? And did you write her off before an impressive win? Who in the hell writing off, what, 24-year-olds? Like, just stop writing them off. Just tell them to remix the Migos song, and they'll be better, right? All right, are you surprised she won? And should marijuana be legal in sports? Damn, we got some good questions right there. Beat them up in the comments. Beat me up in the comments. But on this one, I ain't right. I just ain't wrong. Should call myself, was it, Bob Barker? I'm over here running the prices right over here, giving away everything. <laughs> a new car. And then the people be, yay. And then you always see them later. They'll be like, damn, we got to pay them taxes? <laughs> that car costs a grip. Uh, that free car costs a lot, right? But nah, this don't cost you anything, does it? Uh, not as much as that car. Friday Swaggerway winner, Wiley's World membership on YouTube. Or look at this. What's his name? What's his name? What'd that say right there? Ooh, y'all like that? Right there, I can see it. That's a real tag. That is official right there. I'll hook you guys up. Just go to projecttransition.org. Donate to the foundation. Any amount. It could be a penny if they let you. Just do it. Make it a recurring penny. So every month, every week, got to be a penny. I could take that penny. You get that helmet, man. All those experiences and more. Let's focus on some comments. Focus on some comments, yeah. All right, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor and that trade. I think JT will end up back with Indy on same deal. Huh? I do wonder, though, do you think a current non-quarterback can build a, a brand for himself off the field in regard to endorsements, et cetera? Yeah, of course. Justin Jefferson is a brand. My son does the, what's the, the gritty, giddy, whatever. He giddying up every damn second of his life. <laughs> That's Justin Jefferson right there, right? So there is one. Uh, man, Jonathan Taylor sounds like Chris Jones. Chris is saying he's going to hold out the week eight. None of them teams have $32 million to pay CJ like he says he wants. And the Chiefs are saying, okay. Next man up, I think Chris Jones is going to cost Mahomes a Super Bowl trophy this coming season. But CJ isn't going to get his bag because it's too late in the year. Guess we will see how CJ does as an actor, if you can believe that, Michael Bay. <laughs> Unless Clark Hunt steps in, the Chiefs aren't giving CJ a $32 million bag. I just missed that whole joke, but I know it's funny somewhere. <laughs> All right, let's go Scott Van Pelt join the ESPN Monday Night Countdown. Even the Turner guys have more than one gig. Barkley and Ernie have been doing a podcast together for a number of years. You're right. I don't see it at all. I've never seen it, but yeah, you're right. Barkley has several shows on TNT and will have a show with Gail King on CNN. Yeah, he will. He will. He will. I ain't seen none of that. I ain't seen the Gail King show yet. It's coming though, I hear. Shaq have been doing a podcast a while with Spice Adams and Nichelle Turner. I have seen that because that's the homies. Um, so, yep, I've seen that one. You're right. Kenny might be the only one right now where Inside the NBA is his only media entertainment show that he does. Ah, so you're right in pointing that there are even examples at Turner, which proves that I'm right because there's asteroids everywhere. They just, woo, they breaking us up into pieces. I'm going to miss Steve Young and Susie. Me too. But I'm also going to look forward to enjoying what they got going right now because I like this lineup. Can't lie. It is going to be must-see TV. See? You agree with me. All right. We got a member right here, Mr. Stephen B, 12, talking about Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson going to Undisputed. Stephen A would have, would have to up the ante to match up with Skip's show. Stephen A should add T.O. It would be the most watched show ever. Whoa. Whoa. If Stephen A got Shannon reportedly... I don't know if it's reported now. Or T.O. Now we cooking with some grease. That's Decepticons going against the Autobots because mm, that's a lineup right there because <laughs> Skip done looked at the junkyard. Skip went to Sanford or something. He was like, 
He was looking like, oh, let me get a little bit of that uh, Keyshawn over there. Come over here. Uh, what else y'all got over there? Michael Irvin? Let me get some of that. <laughs> right? Where's Max Kellerman? If you're going all through the Sanford and Son junkyard, go get Max Kellerman. I have never been a big fan of Skip Bayless, but I must admit, I like this group. Told you. I'm interested to see how this works. And I have to admit, I'm not a fan of Stephen A., but I'm a big fan of Shannon. What will I do? Question. What do you do when the thing you love becomes one with the thing you hate? Oh, it's called live. <laughs> This world is just God and devil. This world is just good and bad. It's love and hate. Everything we do is a balancing act of equilibrium. We slant this way, then we slant that way. The beautiful thing about human beings is because we have our own minds, we also can play our own movies in our head, which include you showing the world you think only the positive things about you, right? All that BS about you, it's leaking out. We see it. People just don't call you out on it. Unless you got a friend like me, then I'm an asshole because I call out all your BS because I'm going to leave with my BS first. Like I need to lick my lips right now. Ashy Larry. All right, so basically it's a flip-flop. Stephen A gets Shannon Sharp and Skip gets all, all the fired ESPN employees. Yeah, that's real. Shannon in the background like, damn, took y'all like five people to replace me. Laugh my ass off. <laughs> that was one of the things that people were telling me made me feel good. I was dying laughing. They were like, damn, why did you leave? They invite four other people to <laughs> replace you. They're like, Shady, Joy, David, and Slick Rick. I was like, Man, they doing different thing than me, man. But it did feel funny. All right, so here is who is going to be the NBA expert. I told y'all, Jalen Rose. They're going to hire Jalen Rose. They got to. They already on that path. Finish it. Finish him. Remember that? Finish him. <laughs> What's that, Mortal Kombat? All Skip needs to is to hire Kwame for the NBA coverage, and this show is going to be absolutely blow up. Yep. Laugh my ass off. Yeah, that show will blow up if they had Kwame. God, Lord. Kwame. Oof. I just love to see Kwame stuck between these borders. Look, I... I curse if I won't. I'm going to go back on my tractor. Y'all good? <laughs> He's just going to walk off set every single show to go back on that tractor. That would be amazing. All right, y'all. Now it's time to bring in my man, Will. And since Will is here, I need to hear Will. So I'm going to have to bring up his. Yes. Vanna Black. There he is. What's up, Will? I'm listening to you. What it do, brother? Um, thanks oh, for having me on again here. Um, and I, I'm, I apologize, man. Last week when I was on, man, uh, we were celebrating the 50th year of hip hop, man. And I was going to ask oh, you, man, because we ended up losing. Who was that? Um, uh, a Magoo, right? So I was going to ask you, man, uh, what's your favorite Magoo song? If you got one. Man, when Magoo came out with, uh, who was he with? Was he with uh, Timberland, right? Timberland Magoo, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, this is where you're going to get me in trouble. All right, I respect the dead and everybody, but if you're famous and dead, then I got to still talk about you for real, right? And I didn't have a favorite Magoo song because I ain't never liked Magoo like that. I was kind of like, Missy. I was like, them beats are banging. Go, yeah. Missy. Hurry up, Magoo. <laughs> like, nah, but respect <laughs> Magoo. And I know he loves. Man, ain't nobody love Magoo like that. Stop. It's okay, man. His family, we love him as a person, but we nobody was Magoo rapping. All right, what else you got? But respect to him. Oh, for sure. And I know you're out west there, man. So um, I don't know if you've been around to some of those national parks. I know I have, man. So if you have, what's your favorite uh, park or what's your favorite place to go to, man, on one? I love you. I don't know why, but you are like the deepest, smartest, coolest dude in the world. And I need your help. I need you in my life. I don't go to national parks. 
I'm almost like I abstain from them. I'm almost like allergic to them. I, I, I got jokes for them. I'm like, I'm not sleeping with ants. I'm like, I don't even glamp. I'm worse than that. I'm like, nah, I'm at the Four Seasons. And then I see you during the morning after y'all campfire breakfast. <laughs> like, I'm not coming. But I have been at Jesse Owens Park. You know what I'm saying? Magic Johnson got a park down the street. But um, national parks, I think we took like a field trip when I was young. I ain't gonna lie to you, Will, dog. I, my wife clowns me all the time. I need to get my culture up, I guess. I am not good with like doing a lot of adventures. I like to say I'm a city boy. Like I want yeah. tacos with ketchup. I want a, a nice jack and diet. You know what I mean? Put the game on and shut the traps. <laughs> I'm too like basic, man. What about you? Give me a park that I need to go hit. I'm gonna go hit that park never. Let me hear it. You know what, man? If because uh, I know you like to get you in shape on, man, but Yosemite out there, man, it's got a lot of nice hiking out that way. It shouldn't be too far from you, man, and uh, it's it's a good time out there. All right, I hit Yosemite up. Ain't like I ain't been hearing it my whole life. Flintstones and everybody talking about Yosemite. Like if I ain't been to Yosemite yet, I probably ain't going to Yosemite. That's the way it sounded <laughs> to me. But I appreciate you, Will. Where are you calling me from? Oh, actually, man, I'm in uh, in Virginia right now, Portsmouth, Virginia, man. So it's a it's a good afternoon morning to you because it's just still your morning time going into your afternoon, and I'm almost uh, through my midday. <laughs> oh, that's love, man. I appreciate you, brother. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and um, enjoy that investment in that background. That's a hell of a fresh studio, virtual or not. Look better than where I'm at. <laughs> You know what, man? It's a fixed fight there because I am in Dan Patrick School of Sports Broadcasting, so I had to find something that was more workable than my poor light that I had. So I had to find something that worked. So I'm not that brilliant. I had to get brilliant real quick to start getting some better grades, man. <laughs> oh, that's dope, man. Hey, man. Fake it till you make it. God dang it. I love it, brother. Have a great one, Will. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Appreciate your support. Oh, man. He's trying to just class up the joint. I'm over here just got jokes. I don't know no Magoo songs. What kind of DJ am I? I don't know a Magoo song. Um, and then um, <laughs> I ain't been in no parks. <laughs> just ghetto. I'm just ghetto. <laughs> I can hear it right now. Somebody call Man, you ghetto. <laughs> Whatever. I'm me. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish every show. We finish with a Wiley-ism. Yeah. You can't find secrets without looking for them. <laughs> Woo! Woo! I've been on both sides of this one. You can't find secrets without looking for them. Now, I ain't going to take it so simple. I think it's a little deeper than that. It's like, don't go looking for trouble, right? Trouble just sitting there like, oh, come here. You good? Come here. Come here. Come here. Right? That's how trouble is always. Trouble always recruiting. You know what I mean? Trouble out there like Jimbo Fisher, just always recruiting. <laughs> and looking for people, right? And then you better watch what you ask for because you might get it. And it's crazy because who has, raise your hand if you ever looked through somebody else's phone. Raise your hand if you ever had your phone looked through. Now, I will say the latter has happened a lot more than me, but I've looked through some phones before too. Why do I look through that phone? Because I'm leaning. Whether it's because of me coming into the relationship, man, my ex, she was kind of flirtatious if not cheated. Or she was all over the place, Roman eyes, whatever. I could blame her, but I need to blame me. What was it for me? Oh, man, you know you grew up with some issues and seeing too much and didn't really resolve all of that. Was mama and daddy faithful? That family across the street, did you hear them stories and never have them resolved? <laughs> How your sister 
don't live with you, but you see her every day at school, but then your mama won't let you go over there and she lived right next. Oh. <laughs> I had a real story like, oh God, like it's so crazy when you're a kid and you experience real stuff and nobody is there to clarify it. You're just going to live in your own reality you make up like, oh my. And then that really becomes like seeded emotions and seeded context to the way you view the world. So if you grew up around a bunch of people that you saw flirting, maybe not even cheating, but maybe cheating, just doing the most, guess what you probably may be? Somebody who does the most, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just that simple, man. And so I learned this in relationships, like dog, I gotta be disciplined even in a relationship. Like, all right, I just met her. Oh, I'm really feeling for her. Okay, and you're going through that weird, strange period, right? When you're trying to land the plane of all your friends and girlfriends and girls you holler at and mess around with and kick it with. You're trying to land them planes. Everybody board up. It's about to be, it's over. Get on, get on the plane. Girl, it was cool, but you know, we ain't gonna get married. Land that plane and then let this one plane take off, this, this two-passenger plane with you and the girl you just met, the girl of your dreams, right? So I gotta land that one and let this one. But before that one lands, it's some turbulence. <laughs> You'll be like, man, what should I do? Should I give up all that, all them passengers? Let them land just to take off like this in this little itty-bitty plane? But that plane gonna grow, that plane gonna go. So I've been there before, and then you're like, mm, now you got turbulence here, you landed, all right. Oh, she was fine. God, seat 1A. Oh, God. Seat 2C2. <laughs> All right, whatever, whatever. All right, let's go, baby. Let's go. And then you, did I give up too much? Too fast? Do I trust you? Why are you always looking at your phone? Why, why you flip your phone over when we go out to eat? Face down. <laughs> right? So then, so then you like, one day you see that phone and it's face down and she gone. She ran around. She said, I'm going to go run. Take a run. I'll be back. You gonna run with your phone? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the cold. <laughs> That's how the game goes. You gotta be careful, man. You won't find nothing without looking for them. I can hear some of y'all justifying it. See, what you find is what you should know, and what you should be knowing is everything. In due time. <laughs> in due trust. Not just in due time, right? So you violate the trust, and then on top of that, you're gonna find stuff all out of context. Because every time somebody looked through my phone, I swear. They made me guilty of all the stuff I was innocent of and didn't catch all the stuff I was really guilty of. <laughs> Let me stop. All right, y'all. So, man, just keep it real with yourself. Have discipline even in your relationships, no matter what you're doing, man. And remember, be careful what you're looking for. You might get it. So you can't find secrets without looking for them. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dad Dude Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.